we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, where we are here discussing everything that happened in weekend number 12. Uh, we're going to talk about our mid major top 25 and our weekend series pick 'em. Um, but as always, what we love to do on Sundays is take questions from our Patreon members who have signed up through our Patreon account uh, because they they give us the best topics to talk about. And uh, we have some good ones lined up here. I think we have nine ready to talk about. And uh, throughout that time, like throughout answering the questions, there's going to be a lot where we're going to get sidetracked and kind of go down some, some spirals or go down some loops to... Um, you know, discuss more about how it's relevant for the tournament this year and what teams need to do moving forward. Cause there's a lot of questions that are um, specifically about a certain team. So it'll be good. Uh, we'll also talk about teams like UCLA and Louisville who are playing their way out of the tournament. If it would start today. And then um, some new host sites that we haven't seen in a long, long time teams like Kentucky and Boston college, Indiana state Clemson, um, even though Clemson's done it recently, but, We'll talk about some teams trending up versus trending down. And uh, we'll also talk about like 16 potential host sites at the very end. We'll run through the teams that we project. Uh, we'll be hosting a regional. So uh, appreciate everybody for listening here. None of this would be possible without our two sponsors, Yacker Tech, who is sponsoring our mid-major poll all year round. Um, if you check our Twitter account and our Instagram uh, the mid-major power rankings will already be posted by the time you're listening to this episode. So Dimitri went through and uh, he ranked the teams one through 25, as we always do. And we'll, we'll talk about those teams too. And, and maybe some teams that we think have everything that they need to make a deep postseason run, because I think this year is going to be the year of the mid-major, just causing chaos in regionals and super regionals. 
and then our other sponsor here, Circa. Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. We have plans of going to Las Vegas first week of the College World Series, and uh, the winners of our weekend series pick them and our survivor contest uh, will be given a grand prize of a three-day, three-night stay at Circa Sportsbook Resort in Las Vegas, where we're going to be you know, watching games, gambling on games at the roof, rooftop <laughs> pool deck. And uh, that just reminds me, I, I was giggling there for a little bit. I need to start doing some abs, some crunches, eating better, because we are less than a month and a half away. So I got about six weeks to get in shape. Um, yeah, anyways, it should be a pretty laid back show. We're going to have some hot takes here and there. And uh, I want to get them. We've got some fun historical little nuggets that we'll spit out as we go through. Yeah, Dimitri went through and uh, found some some nuggets. That's a good word for it. Some historical nuggets about teams and uh, how long it's been since they made it to Omaha or how long it's been since they've hosted a regional. We did a little history lesson uh, when we were planning the show. So, Dimitri, let's start here. We got our mid-major top 25, newly posted, fresh off the press, and uh, it, it's still – number one team in the country as far as mid-majors go is the Coastal Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, They haven't lost a series all year. It's like them and Wake Forest are the two teams in the country that haven't lost a weekend series all year. And, uh, I mean, they deserve every right to be number one until somebody knocks them off. Absolutely. Um, Go undefeated in weekend series all year. I think winning two out of three at this point is there's no reason why they should come out of the number one spot. I mean, go undefeated in weekend series this far through, uh, what, 12 weeks, 11, 12 weeks. So, yeah, that's your number one team. And I don't think they've done anything to lose it at this point. Yeah. And uh, if you're new to the show, maybe you're just getting back into the college baseball swing of things. We consider mid-majors anybody that's not power five. Now, we know and we get a lot of push, pushback because conferences like the Sun Belt are way better than the Big Ten. Um, same thing with the American Conference. People under, like people know that the American Conference has some pretty good facilities and, and a lot of funding, but just this year, we, uh, we just decided to make it anybody that's not power five. Next year, we'll probably make some more changes. It's a year-by-year basis, but... Um, anyways, my point was Coastal Carolina winning the Sun Belt right now, first place. Well, I guess they're tied for first with Southern Miss. It's, it's crazy. But that conference is so deep. Um, on Saturday night, after the conclusion of all the games, there were 11 teams at 500 or better out of the 14 in that conference. And only the top 10 teams make the conference tournament. So when that conference tournament kicks off here in two weeks, or I guess three weeks, and it's in Montgomery, Alabama, all hands on deck because anybody can win that thing and, and get that automatic qualifying spot. And uh, so Coastal right now, they're tied with Southern Miss, first place in the Sun Belt, but we gave the uh, – since Coastal killed Southern Miss in the weekend series, the first two games, you know, of course Coastal is going to be the number one mid-major team there. Um Kind of a surprising team at number two, especially if you're not familiar with college baseball, but UConn. The UConn Huskies at number two, 35 and 11 on the year. And you know what? I need to double check this because I don't know if UConn has lost a weekend series this year. 
I was kind of shooting from the hip when I said Wake Forest and Coastal Carolina were the only two. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think UConn's lost a weekend series two out of three. Has Florida Gulf Coast either? Uh, you know what? I could be way wrong on everything. Yep, they did. They lost a series at Eastern Kentucky. Who did? UConn? Florida Gulf Coast. They oh. lost one. I mean, with only 11 losses on the year, I doubt UConn has lost two out of three to anybody. Well, they split with Ohio State two and two. Hey, another one. UTSA hasn't lost a weekend series. Really? Yep. Yeah, UConn hasn't lost a weekend series all year. They split with Ohio State the first weekend, uh, two games to two games. So... Yeah, I was completely wrong. I'm sorry for anybody that I offended earlier in the show. It's hard, man. It's hard to go 12 weeks in the season without losing a weekend series. And, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, uh, that that reminds me of our Survivor Contest where we still have four members left out of 103, I think we started with. 100. Maybe exactly 100. But every week they had everybody starts at a survivor pool and every weekend you have to pick one team to win their weekend series two out of three. And if they, if you lose, you're out. So there's been four people that have picked 12 weekends straight, uh, a team winning the series. So credit to them. Um, let me get back to my point. What was I talking about? Sorry. I'm a little messed, messed up right now. There we um, go. UConn number two and then Dallas Baptist number three. Still in first place in Conference USA. Yep. They did kind of have a scare, though. They lost bad on Friday night to maybe App Middle State. Tennessee State. App State. Dallas Baptist was I mean, not Dallas. I was thinking of Coastal. No, Dallas Baptist um, played Middle Tennessee. That's right. They lost on Friday, and uh, I was worried for them for a bit, but ended up winning the next two games. Campbell coming in at number four. I mean, they've been very consistent all year. Have hey, they lost a weekend series? I don't know. Um, uh, Campbell? No. no nope. have not. I'm such an idiot. I just claimed that Coastal and Wake Forest were the only two teams, and I was proven wrong. Hey, I sent you a message in the chat. Um, you can pull up and see everything, obviously, on our website, everything that the teams have done. There we go. All right, that helps out a lot. Uh, Southern Miss sweeps um, this South past Alabama. week. Yeah, the, the thing you sent me in the chat is not up to date. What do you mean? It's not up to date. It's it's saying Southern Miss sweeps Tulane from March 12th. <laughs> no, it says W versus Tulane, 3-0 and versus South Alabama. Oh, all right. I read it wrong. That's my bad. Like I said, I, I don't know what's going on. Like I, My brain is fried. I've been looking at electronics all day. And uh, sorry, man. My bad. Yeah. And then it says East Carolina lost versus North Carolina 3-0 and versus Cincinnati. You just have to hold my hand through this. Thanks, man. You're welcome, dude. Anything <laughs> for you. Um, yeah. So East Carolina 6, UTSA 7, Florida Gulf Coast 8, Cal State Fullerton 9, Indiana State 10. Um, I think those 10 teams, 
you're all look like you got Coastal, Yukon, Dallas Baptist, Campbell, Southern Miss, and I guess maybe East Carolina. Like one, one, maybe two of those teams will host a regional. Uh, they all kind of still alive though. Like East Carolina is still alive to host a regional, but UTSA, Florida Gulf Coast, Cal State Fullerton, none of them will host a regional. And then Indiana State, they they're still like number ten in the RPI this late into the season. They swept uh, Bradley this weekend and also beat Illinois in the midweek. So Illinois, not Illinois State, Illinois. Oh, you're right, Illinois. I like Indiana State, man. I I watched. It was probably two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I watched them play against Southern Illinois, and they're big, man. They're big, physical. They got guys they trust out of the bullpen. I think Indiana State, even if they're a two seed, they're going to give people trouble in the regionals. They beat who was it Vanderbilt a few weeks ago as well in a midweek. Yep. Yep, they sure did. Um, I mean, did the, the, so we have we have Indiana State at ten. By the way, this is the first time they've made it into the top ten this year. Their RPI is super high, but like, are they better than the nine teams in front of them? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Honestly, I don't know yet. We're we're kind of relying. I mean, they only have two quad one wins. I think. Um, so we're kind of doubting the RPI a little bit on Indiana State. We're not 100% sold on them being a quote-unquote top 10 team in the country. Yeah, I'm trying to put it in perspective. Like if Indiana State played a weekend series against UTSA, who do I think would win? I I, I do think – I think it would be – well, I don't know, man. I might go Indiana State there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, if they play Southern Miss – I, I would put at Southern Miss. I would probably take Southern Miss and in Terre Terre Haute. I would take probably Southern Miss too. Campbell. Um, I mean, I mean Dallas Baptist and Indiana State. I think they play last weekend of the year, if I remember correctly. No, they already. No, never mind, dude. Dallas Baptist, very valid. Duh, duh. I was like, where are we going with this? Do you have the 2022 schedule in front of you? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think that top 10, you can argue one team up or down a spot, but pretty much that's your, that's your consensus top. Yeah. 10. That's what I was going to say is like you, you, the cutoff there is at 10 and then 11 through, I would say 11 through 15 is another group of teams that are very similar. Oral Roberts, UNC Wilmington, UC Irvine, Elon and Troy. They've all had pretty big wins this year. They've, they've remained consistent. Too. Go ahead and lump them in this group. Yeah, Northeastern, I, I guess, up until this weekend, but they just they couldn't get anything done this weekend against UNC Wilmington. Like Wilmington looked like the better team. Now I know Wilmington was at home; that might change some things, but I uh, I was disappointed in Northeastern. Yeah, and, I mean, I think the Colonial is surprisingly deep because Wilmington looks really good. Elon, we know they have they've been winning all kinds of big games this year. Northeastern as well. I mean wins over Boston College. Um who else they have wins over let me see. I'll pull up their schedule right now. I mean they have they're six and zero against quad one teams. I mean that, they have that's they, swept, they swept Indiana State. They beat Duke, lost two out of three at Elon, beat Boston College. Um Beat UConn, um, 
lost at Wilmington. So their two series lost are at USC Wilmington and at U, at Elon. Not bad. That's not bad at all. So but, when you I mean, look at it, the Colonial, man, I'm impressed because Wilmington, Elon, Northeastern, and then, I mean, dude, you can even throw College of Charleston in there. As, and like, William and Mary. Great four teams. So really deep conference this year. I think there's six teams in that conference in the top 100 RPI. Because Delaware, I know, is in the top 100. Will, um, William & Mary, I know, is too. William & Mary is 86. Um, yeah. So, I'll and, tell you right now. Colonial's got Northeastern, Wilmington, Elon, Charleston, William & Mary, and Delaware are all in the top 100. That's that's crazy. I mean, that's a conference that nobody before the season was talking about. There was not it, one article written of people being like, hey, watch out for the Colonial. Yeah, they have some good teams. Nothing. We, I mean, they earned it though. They earned the conversation as of today. Hey, the Colonial, the one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh best conference in RPI ranking. Are they ahead of, like, um, they're ahead of Conference USA in the Big West, in the American Athletic, and the Missouri Valley? Dang, man, that, dude, that's impressive. That's impressive. They're right behind the Big Ten. You know what's sad though is the Colonial will get one, maybe two teams in the tournament. I mean, you can't really, you can't really. I think they deserve. I think. Let me see. Let me see something. They deserve at least two. I think two. I think two can maybe get in, depending on how the things shake out the next two weeks. But yeah. Um, so Northeastern was there at sixteen. I want to give a shout out to Troy at fifteen. I think Troy is about as dangerous as anybody in the top five when it comes to a regional because they have two frontline starters that are elite. They also have a, a good guy out of the bullpen as well. And Shane Lewis, we tweeted about him this weekend, but 27 homers. He hit something like 14 homers in 15 games. Switch hitting transfer from Chipola Junior College. He's not a big guy at all. I mean, pretty average looking on the field um wiry strength but his switch hitter hits for power for both sides and 27 homers um he's tied for first what do you mean he's not a, i mean 62 195 oh is he 6'2 he looks smaller on the field it might just be because troy's camera yeah, is so zoomed he wears out pants, he wears his pants up over his knees dude and hey nothing against them but that's a it's a brutal look i hate it <laughs> Um, what's Troy sitting at in the RPI right now? Troy in the RPI, Troy is like 30, 32. And, and they have next week, Bama in the midweek. And if they win that, I know they're playing at Marshall for a three game series, but you know, if Troy can go four and oh, this next week, like they should be comfortably in the at large picture. And, uh, that's good, man. I, I think Troy is one of those teams that when you see them pop up in your regional, whether you're, you know, let's see, I guess they could go anywhere in the SEC regionals. There's going to be about seven of them. Wait, and, uh, it, did Shane Lewis hit four home runs this weekend? Yeah, he hit two on Friday, two on Saturday. Because on NCAA website, they haven't updated it since Friday morning. Caglione is at 26, Shane Lewis at 23. They're both at 27 now. Huh? They're both at 27, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, man. We'll see. What's with Chris Armstrong? Yeah, I think Armstrong hasn't hit one in a while for Jacksonville. 
Um, let's see. I'll tell you right now. He was at 21 as of Friday morning, and right now he is at yep, still at 21. Um, there has to be yeah. at least 15 guys in the country at 20 or more. I, I mean, this weekend yeah. I was refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds, and it would be like, oh, Charlie Condon hits a, his 21st. Oh, he hits his 22nd. Um, and it was it was there was a ton of people. The guy from um, what's his name? De La Russa or something from Maryland. He hit his 20th. He's got 84 RBIs. Um, not De La Russa. Oh, you're talking about Nick La Russa. La Russa, that's who it was. La Russa. 84 RBIs to lead the country. And uh, he, hit, he hit his 20th. Matt Shaw from Maryland hit his 20 or 21st, I think, this weekend. He had 18 entering the weekend. Yeah, he hit two on today, I think it was. Maybe it was yesterday. But no, he, yeah, hit, he hit one Friday and one yesterday. I think it or two yesterday or something like that. Two yesterday. I know that for a fact. He was two for two through two innings with two homers. But you know what I'm saying? How many dude, there's gonna be 50 guys that hit 20 homers this year. We still have seven game, at least seven games left in the regular season plus conference tournaments. There's gonna be more than 50 guys with 20 homers. Okay. It's crazy. Okay. 28 players entered the weekend with 17 or more home runs. That's what I'm saying, dude. All right. And then 40 players entered with 16. And then 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50 entered with 15. Nuts. I know when Kyle Lewis won the uh, when Kyle Lewis won the Golden Spikes in 2016, he hit 21 homers, and I think he was third or fourth in the nation. Hey, question. I saw you t- mentioned you tweeted something about LaRusso hitting number 84, and then you mentioned it had 100 RBIs have, hasn't happened in two decades. So you went, you you fit, you found it out. Somebody tagged us in a tweet a few weeks ago that said some guy from New Mexico State did it in 2002, I think. That was the most recent that I could find. Wow. I mean, I, I thought 100 RBIs were a little more common than that. Dude, it's, I mean, that's almost too. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy regardless. Yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, that's enough there on the mid-major. We got two teams okay, that entered. You got to give some love to Missouri State. Welcome back, I was, Sam. I was Sam getting there. State. I was getting there. So we got two teams that entered this week at 23 and 24. Missouri State, uh, second place in the Missouri Valley. We all remember them from last year winning the, the Missouri Valley tournament. And uh, they, they look good. They're very power hitting team and Spencer Nivens is, is a stud. And then Sam Houston. Now Sam Houston lost two out of three to Texas tech, but they did win Friday night and they won a midweek against UTSA. Like that's plenty that, that we need to see to get them in the top. How did they win that midweek? How did they win that midweek? What do you mean? They won 18 to two. Oh, I thought you meant, I was like, dude, didn't they dominate? <laughs> they beat the brakes off of them. Yeah. I think I think a two and two week with a win over Tech, Tech and a fucking ass kicking over UTSA deserved to get you back in. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then Houston Cougars, they're at nineteen. I forgot to mention them. They won both games against Wichita State. Now they have a full game lead on ETSU in the American Conference. Houston has ECU, not ETSU. Oh God, ETSU. Sorry, ECU. <laughs> um. Wait, but is it yeah, a, is it a game or a game and a half? It's a game over ECU. No, it's a half. 
half a game? Yeah, 12 and 5, 12 and 6. Okay. So it's half a game. Now, Houston has the tiebreaker over ECU, though. But what a turnaround for them. They were so bad in the beginning of the year. You know what's crazy? Wichita swept East Carolina. Isn't that crazy to think about? I remember, yeah. Um, I mean, ECU looked lost that weekend. But, yeah, hey, it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. Hey, shout out to Kent State, leaders of the matching. Um, that's, a, that's a tough conference to win. It's a really tough conference to win mm-hmm. with Central Michigan and Ball State in there. Which, you know what's even crazier? Was it? Was it? Never mind. Never mind. I was thinking of a pitching coach from somewhere in that Midwest region that got fired this weekend. Somebody got fired this weekend? What, what, what school was it? And they hired some former pro guy. A pitching coach just got fired out of that conference. Ball State pitching coach. Was it Ball State? No, it can't be Ball State. I think I know what you're talking about. I, Kendall Rogers tweeted something this weekend, how a former pro was taken over for. He was in classes at Michigan or something, or Michigan State. Like he was in school, and all of a sudden he just kind of like the inter, the interim pitching coach. What school was that? Damn it! It was some school in the Midwest, maybe Ohio State. No. All right, scoop. This is pretty cool. Former you so former Michigan standout pitcher Zach Putnam, who spent seven seasons in the big leagues, and was finishing up his degree this spring, will serve as Ball State's pitching coach the rest of the season. So what Ball State? But I don't know if they fired their coach. Wait, so what happened? What did he do? Why did he? I don't know. Ball State pitching coach Larry News. Dude, yeah, why did he? Dude, that had been a freaking pitching guru up there. Did he get hired somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to see. I, I can't find. Twitter. I got it. Right, let me go to Twitter. Um, Kendall. Kendall Raji. Why are we talking about this? What happened? Because we were talking about um, Kent State being taking leading the action in front of Central Michigan and Ball State, which is like a really hard conference to win. Uh, okay. And and then I was like, wasn't Ball State? Didn't they just get, like get a new pitching coach or something? Yeah. So um, I'm just now I want to find out why this guy is no longer there. Like, what happened? I, I don't remember. Did he give any info? You just read that tweet. Yeah. No, there was no info. Um, anyways, whatever. Um, we'll circle back on that maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just start off with the Patreon questions here. And, uh, we're going to start with our boy, Matt Perkins, who's old reliable. He always just gives good questions here. So he says, given some recent updates, are there any top SEC teams you're doubting to make Omaha who peaked too early? Um, I mean, obviously South Carolina comes to mind, but I know they're super injured they have like nobody in their infield. Um, starting rotations kind of banged up. Um, South Carolina is a team that might have peaked too early, but it's not because they're playing bad baseball right now. It's just because I think they're injured. I don't know if South Carolina will make it to Omaha 
unless they, they get think, healthy. Do you, think, do you think Arkansas has the depth? I mean, they got Tigered back, which is massive. And yeah, he looked pretty good. This week. He looked sharp this weekend. So I think Arkansas is going to be fine. Um, dude, LSU, I'm telling you, we've been harping on this team. They don't have enough pitching on Saturday and Sunday. I don't think when it comes to postseason baseball. It, you have to be nails to win a regional and a super to get to you, Omaha. You, you, want, you want to know my opinion on LSU right now? If I'm, LSU, if I'm LSU, they've gotten to the point where when it comes to a regional, you probably don't pitch Paul Skeens on Friday. You, they're, they're that bad on Saturday and Sunday. Um, obviously, like Ty Floyd looked really good for about four innings on Saturday, struck out seven straight. You know, you got Christian Little and those guys. But it, it came to the point for me, if I'm, if I'm Jay Johnson and I look at a four seed, going up against Paul Skeens, like that's a waste. And I can't trust anybody else to go win the next two games to, to get out of the regional. So you might pitch off. It, I mean, you should pitch off if you're LSU. Throw somebody else, throw Ty Floyd against the four seed. Um, you should win that game without Paul Skeens. And then you have to save Paul Skeens for game two. It, it's gotten to that point. Dude, Christian Little and Thatcher Hurd have to be – Considered major disappointment. Dude, they throw they strikes. They, All they have to do is they, throw strikes, and they can't. All right, all right. You want to hear this? Christian Little's got a five ninety one ERA. Thatcher heard five ninety four. Little's got twenty three walks and thirty two innings. Terrible. Thatcher Hurd's got twenty five and thirty three innings. Also terrible. Um, and they they're giving up almost six runs per nine innings. Not good. And you thought they – I mean, we we knew it was – I thought – personally, I thought it was a huge overreaction when they were like, dude, we got Christian Little from Vandy. I'm like, dude, what did he do at Vandy to give you any reason that he's going to be dominant at LSU? Like, what what did he do at Vandy? I was there excited was for him. He wasn't pitching a lot at Vandy. I was excited for him to have, like, Wes Johnson get his hands on him and see what he could turn into. But, um, yeah, Thatcher Hurd coming over from L, uh, UCLA after a great freshman year. And then Christian Little, who was one of the top high school recruits in the country a few years ago, coming to LSU. But, um, yeah, I mean, LSU definitely has a lot of question marks. And I get it. They've lost a lot of pitchers because of injuries this year. But um, you, know, you know who, like, is very reliable on the mound? Everybody that Wake Forest throws out there. Um, Wake Forest's team ERA is like 2-4, which is absolutely bananas. And you pair that with their offense um, – Anyway, let's stay on topic. Let's stay on topic here. Yeah, the question was, SEC team not making Omaha. I think South Carolina's won. I think um, – and this, hey, this might be a hot take here. Or not hot, but we just kind of brought it up. LSU is another one I don't think makes it Omaha. You see, I think LSU still gets to Omaha. I, I, I still think they're going to get there. I don't think they'll win the national championship, but – their, their offense and, you know, with Paul Skeens, you're, you're going to win one game every single round. So it's like, can you win one more? Can you win one more? It, and then I'm saying that because they're going to beat the four seed with whoever's throwing on the mount. Game two, you're going to win that in the regional um, with Paul Skeens. You just have to win one more of the next two. Same thing in a super regional. Paul Skeens will throw. You'll win that game. Can you win one of the next two? So I like their chances to get to Omaha, but when that field stretches out 
it's going to be really tough for him. Um, I'll tell you a team that I don't think will make it to Omaha just because of uh, maybe – I don't know how to say this without pissing off their fan base, but – Just say it, dude. Like is – Tennessee won't make it to Omaha this year because they're – I think that's a very fair, not a hot take. Not because not because they're not good enough, but they just they cannot they're play baseball. They can't play baseball away from Knoxville. They look like a completely different team, and it's not like they're flying out 350 feet away. Um, and there's like, oh, that would have went out at Tennessee's ballpark to right center. Like they look like a completely different team. Like they make stupid mistakes. They play boneheaded base running every, like every single game. And the defense is trash on the road. Two and eleven this year on the road is unacceptable, and they're not going to be a national seed. So you can't have home field advantage the whole way through. Sure, they might get uh, a regional hosting spot as like a 14, 15, or 16 overall, maybe. But when you go to a super regional and you're two and eleven on the road, good luck. So I, I don't think there's any way for Tennessee to get to Omaha this year. Which is very fair. Um, I prob- I think I think I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, we're looking at South Carolina, Tennessee. I'm going with LSU. I don't think they get to Omaha. Um, hey, if you want to, if you want to, old takes expose me. Go ahead, but I don't think they do. Yeah. All right. Next question here is from Jim McDonald. Um, why do you think the New England schools are having so much success this year? I believe that Boston College and Northeastern, who both basically play in Southern baseball conferences, uh, you know, the CAA and ACC, uh, they're keeping their homegrown talent here in New England, but yet playing most of their games in the South during the year. Do you think that this has led to New England schools having more success in years past? You know what? That actually, I've never thought of it this way, Jim, but I I think that's actually a good selling point to these kids to stay stay up north because every year there's a ton of talent from Massachusetts and uh, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey is a big state for baseball, uh, and I guess maybe like up until two or three years ago, all those kids would go to Vanderbilt or Florida State. Uh, Clemson was a big school that recruited up there, but. Yeah, I mean, if you tell a kid, listen, our first 17 games of the season are going to be down south anyways. We're going to be playing against SEC and ACC schools. We'll make a trip out west to California. Um, that's a that's a good selling point to get them to stay at home in the northeast rather than go and play for a team down south. Um, and, yeah, Boston College and Northeastern have been good all year long. Uh, Boston College is probably going to host a regional Maybe, maybe, maybe getting to a national seed, national seed standpoint, sitting at eight in the RPI. Um, it, it's good because you can even add like UConn to that list and Maryland to that list. Um, I consider yeah. both of them Northeast schools and, and they've been really good this year. So, I mean, hey, you remember last year there were like five regional teams from the state of New York? There were. That's right. Because you had like Hofstra, Long Island. Uh, in uh, Columbia, Columbia, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of good teams coming out of the Northeast the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, good question. Yep. So Matt Weller is the next question here. He says, "Coaching carousel with some Power Five programs probably looking at the end of the season 
what's the chances Coach Hare stays at Campbell? Where's the fit for him? And I know Demet has some inside intel. You want me? Let me let me put it this way, Coach Hare. Unless they back up the Brink truck in Buies Creek, I think he's not going anywhere until he takes that. He if if let me put it this way: if Campbell hosts the regional this year and they go to a super, there's a more likely chance he takes the big coaching jump. He's still got business he wants to finish in Buies Creek. This isn't me with insider info. This is I think that's the kind of person Justin Hare is. I think he's a guy that he wants to accomplish something and he's a man of his word and he, I don't think he's going to ditch Campbell because he had built that thing brick by brick and mm. I don't think he I think he's one of those guys he wants to stay there and make sure that job is finished and leave it in the best hand for the next guy and I don't think he's ready to go yet yeah um so I was DMing with coach Hare last week uh we're going to do a little merch swap a little Campbell gear for some Campbell gear that we sell and uh I'll tell you this the guy loves Campbell he loves the camels. It, he he's very similar to Coach Godwin at East Carolina, where he loves the school. He loves being the head baseball coach at Campbell, um, and it would have to take a life changing offer for him to leave that place. Um, now, sure, if somebody like I don't know, I mean Alabama is going to call him and call Coach Godwin at East Carolina, um, and they're going to offer half a million dollars, which is way more than what he's making. That might be tempting there, but if you're co-chair, like you can wait around until guys like um, Tim Corbin is retires from Vanderbilt or, or you know whoever else is down the list. But I, I don't think I see him leaving this year unless they make it to the College World Series and um, somebody big comes knocking, someone like UCLA or wherever, you know, offers them a million dollars or more. Um, I. I I think he stays for yeah, a few more I years. Think, I, I think we're on the same page here. I think, and by the way, if he did leave, I would be disappointed because I love him at Campbell. But how can you blame a guy with a check in front of him or a contract in front of him for that kind of money, life-changing money? You you got to take it, man. You don't know when that opportunity could come. Can you bet on yourself? Sure. But I think he proved enough to where if he goes somewhere – not a single soul can be mad at him for it or disappointed or whatever. They can be sad or whatever, mm -hmm. but you cannot be mad or disappointed. The guy has earned it brick by brick. 100%. Um, next question here is from Noah Beenick. Uh, another incredible coaching job by Eric Backage ensues. This program, oh, he says, is this program ahead of schedule? What's Clemson's ceiling like this year? Um, dude, every year. It, like even so 2019 Eric Backage lead, leads Michigan to the College World Series finals. Even last year, not a very talented Michigan team. He gets them to rally at the end of the year and they end up winning the Big 10 championship, um, the, the conference tournament, and they make it to a regional. He goes to Clemson. A lot of the talent he has to bring in with him because they all transferred out to South Carolina or um, you know, wherever they went. So he, he had to start from scratch basically at Clemson, and it took him all of 30 games to get it figured out, to, to cement his lineup, cement his pitching staff. And, uh, dude, I mean, the player development that he has going on at Clemson is unreal. Like These guys got better every single day throughout the regular season, and now the, if the season ended today, Clemson is no doubt hosting a regional. 
um, and it's theirs to lose. So I would say Clemson's ceiling. I, I don't still I still don't see him as a national championship contender, but we know how things go in the postseason. Like if you just get to the College World Series, anything can happen. Um, but I mean, Eric Backage, it's like yin and yang from what Link Jarrett did at Florida State. Um, Florida State, I think, had more talent than Clemson, but you know, a bunch of injuries happened, a bunch of guys transferred out, and uh, like right now, I mean, Link, Link Jarrett is, I mean, he's so far behind what Eric Backage is doing at Clemson. Hey, Florida State fans were disappointed because Mike Martin left the cupboard super bare when he left. Mm-hmm. Like Backage walked into a much better situation roster wise. Link Jarrett walked into a, hey, this this guy got fired not because of his success. They just didn't see a bright future. And they were like, it's time to jump on this now before it gets out, way out of control. And we talked about this in the beginning of the year, that Florida State is a program that they went and got it. They don't wait around. They went and got the next best guy as soon mm-hmm. as they smelled any sort of um, – Failure, if you will, lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, tip my cap the back itch. Um, those boys are buzzing. You know what's funny? I went back in, in, in January. I made a field of 64 projection out of just pure like love of the game and just wanted something to talk about in like early January. Well, I had Clemson hosting a regional. I also had Coastal Carolina hosting a regional. Um, and I was like how did I get to that? And I don't know what it was. Um, and then I remembered for Clemson, the reason why I had them hosting a regional was solely because I saw a picture of inner squads and Caden Grice like hit a home run and pitched like three shutout innings in an inner squad. And his like bicep veins were showing and he just looked jacked. And I was like, you know what? Clemson's going to have, have some men on their team. 12 strikeouts on the bump this weekend too. Yeah, Caden Grice is unreal. He's like, dude, him and, and Caglione are basically the same person. Now, Caglione has better stats overall. He's a way more projectable, toolsy, yeah. like pro, juicy pro prospect. But hey, Caden hey, Grice is not much far, not far Kate behind. Caden Grice is like the ACC version of, of Caglione. <laughs> hey, that's a good way to put it. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Clemson ceiling is college world series. I don't think they'll win a national championship though. Um, but hey, they're on the right track with package. hundred percent. Next um, one is from, uh, Andy Korpowski. How does Arizona state get arms enrolled? Can they get them through the portal or does it have to come from high school recruiting? All of the transfer arms have been awful and the team is wasting a strong lineup. Even if they make a regional, I have absolutely no confidence that they can win a single game. Uh, this weekend was a great example of Arizona State and how they play baseball. They score 10 runs a game, but they give up 11. And that's what happened they, with Stanford. They, they just couldn't hold a lead. They straight up blew it this weekend. Mm. Like, what's that movie where you like, you blew it? What is that? Oh, man, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Not Waterboy. Is it um, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, you blew it. Yeah. Um. But you know what I'm saying? Like Arizona State – oh, let me answer Andy's question here first. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities in the portal because you have a great destination. Um, Arizona State, strong college baseball history, ton of college World Series and 
regional appearances, stuff like that. And the women are beautiful. Campus is beautiful. You can get a lot of guys in the portal interested in your school. Uh, now, are you going to get a Paul Skeens? Hey, like, fun fact. Bo no. Bichette committed there because – not just because of baseball, because of the school, the party, the girls, and everything else. Yeah. It's a very yeah. enticing place to go for an 18-year-old coming out of high school. No doubt. Um, so, I mean, if you're if you're Willie Bloomquist and the Arizona State staff, it has to be a mixture of both. Um, you're probably not going to fix it in one year, but Arizona as a state, one, you can play baseball all year round for the most part, and there's a ton of junior colleges in that area that are phenomenal at baseball. So there's plenty of options to go the junior college route, the high school route, because you can recruit from Texas and California for high school, national brand. Um, And then you also have the transfer portal at your hand. So it'll be interesting. I imagine a lot of their guys from this year won't be invited back next year. You just got to make that hard decision and say, listen, we had a, you know, seven ERA as a team. Uh, We got to We got to change something up. So they're going to get the little Deion Sanders effect. Hey, buddy, you're not good enough for me. GTFO, get the and fuck out of here. Listen, I think I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State are going to do the exact same thing this year. They're going to keep three guys, and the rest of the pitchers are gone. Hey, go find somewhere else speaking, to play. Speaking of Mississippi State, Lamonis is trending on Twitter. For what? Probably because they're so pissed off. Did he get fired? No, but um, let me see. I'll tell you right now. All right, while you're looking, hey, right. look, look, literally, literally, I'm going to share my screen because I want you to see this. I Wait, literally want you to see this. Are you this. saying yes, he got fired? No, uh, I haven't clicked yet. I haven't clicked yet. You're going to find out with me. All right, this is exciting. What did you see right here? Lamonis. Number one on the trending. That's for us, though. Oh, you think that's what it is? Yeah. All right, whatever. Never mind. Yeah, he's not trending nationwide. I promise you that. Um, all right, you can stop sharing your screen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, all right, so basically, end of the day, Arizona State, like they'll, they'll make it to a regional, I think. They've won too many games inside a conference, and they'll probably be the last team in the Pac-12 to get in. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they have the offense. They're like a lot of teams. They have the offense. It's just they don't have anybody to go – Six innings, three runs for him. Um, next question here is from Colin P. We got three questions left. So Colin P. says, is Campbell back in the hosting conversation? No way the committee would give Coastal, Indiana State, and Campbell a host site, right? Uh, I don't see I don't see there being three mid-majors hosting. It'll be two. And geographically speaking, it would be – Campbell, if there were to, it would be Campbell and Indiana State or Coastal and Indiana State. I don't think they would give two hosting unless they're like clear cut hosts, um, like in the RPI and every metric. I think you would get one from the Carolinas and one from out west, or I guess Midwest and Indiana State. But yes, Campbell is back in the hosting picture. They're what, Demetri, they're 20th now in the RPI. Is that right? Yep. So 20th in the RPI, you definitely give yourself a shot. You just got to you got to win the rest of your games and win your conference tournament. You know what's interesting though about Campbell? South Carolina Upstate is only two games back from them in the conference standings. Uh, Campbell is. Let me pull up their 
Uh, hold on. Here we go. Campbell is 19 and two in conference. South Carolina Upstate 17 and four, and they play each other the last weekend of the se- uh, season. So, you know, if if they're two games back going into the 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 last weekend and Upstate sweeps them somehow, like Upstate would win the regular season, which is nuts. Because 19 and two is is damn good in that conference. Um, all right, let's go to Matt Grissom's question here next. After a wild weekend in the SEC with South Carolina, LSU, Florida, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee all losing their series, how do you see the remaining two weeks of the season shaking out? Which teams do you tr- still trust despite having a losing weekend? And lastly, are we buying into teams like Alabama and Kentucky to be legitimate th- postseason threats? All right, let's break up this question here. Um, yeah, there was four of the top five teams, I think, in the country all lost their weekend series because LSU did, Vanderbilt did, Florida did, and who was five? South Carolina. South Carolina. That's that's wild that four of the top five lost their weekend series. Um, I'll tell you this. Between Alabama, Kentucky, and Texas A&M, I, I actually trust Texas A&M the most. Because one, they have the best head coach out of those three schools. Uh, they also did it last year in the postseason, and there was something this weekend against, um, sorry, against Florida that kind of clicked for me. That Texas A and M is similar to um, who was the school? Of? Oh, Clemson. They're they're similar to Clemson in the fact that they're they seem to be getting better every weekend and not playing around with their lineup as much. And, and they also have just a couple guys stepping up out of the bullpen, um, you know, getting key outs late in the game. So I would say out of those three teams in the SEC, I trust Texas A&M the most. And then between South Carolina, LSU, Florida, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee, I still trust them all. Like they've, they've done it all year. They just had a bad weekend. But LSU's concerning. South Carolina's concerning. Um, Tennessee on the road, very bad. I don't know. We'll just see how it plays out. I'm excited for Hoover, though. I think Hoover's going to be a uh, a really, really competitive, like one through twelve. I mean, when is it not? I mean, I feel, I feel like that's a stupid statement. Yeah, it probably is. But all right, so I posted a tweet that the SEC is really possible. I mean, like highly likely to get eleven teams into the uh, eleven teams into the tournament just judging based off of RPI, conference wins and everything. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, they're not going to make the tournament like, no matter what. They're 7-17 and 17 or 6-18 and 18 in conference. But even Georgia, who's 10-14 and 14 in conference, uh, they have a 29 RPI. So it's hard to leave a team in the top 30 out of the – out of the tournament. Yeah, you but Ben, damn it. I keep trying to tell you that 13 is the magic number. Doesn't matter what their RPI is. Well, no, Georgia can definitely get to 13. What are you talking about? Definitely? You don't know. They can freaking get sweat next week and be like, oh shit, maybe not. You well, never know what they have. They have Missouri, they're at Missouri and then they have LSU. So okay. can they win three of those six games? Like, sure. Why not? And Missouri, you saw how you see how good Missouri plays at home. Yeah, I know. They're pretty good at home. They're pretty damn good at home. So listen, Georgia has it right in front of them. I wouldn't write that shit in Sharpie yet. 
No, I'm not writing it in sharp. I said highly likely. Like if Georgia can't win three of the next six games, they don't deserve to be in the tournament, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, um, I've got I've got a couple from the Discord. A couple questions that we should do, and then we should move on to the next segment. Well, I have one more on Patreon. So this one's from uh, Marin Monsive. 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 Mon. Well, he they. Marin pronounced it. I don't know. Marin Monsive. So if Texas A&M pulls off their next two series uh, versus Alabama and Mississippi State, what do you think their ceiling is? If they finish seven and two in SEC series and have a solid showing in Hoover, where do you guys seed them? Um, look, a is going to be, let's see, that right now they're 11 and 13 in conference, 36 RPI. They're either going to be a really strong three seed um, or like bond. Did you just huh? say three seed? It, I mean, I said they're either going to be a really strong three seed or um, like a middle of the pack two seed. I don't see them getting to the no, hosting picture. I don't think they're they're. I don't think they can. I mean, dude, if they win the next two series and they make some noise in Hoover, they'll be they'll be in the hosting picture. Um, but yeah, I guess. I mean, Alabama and Mississippi State, like those are both winnable series yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I I think A and M's got a lot to play for still, a lot to play for. Mm-hmm. If they go six and zero, oh, they'll be seventeen and thirteen. They'll that's be hosting. that's hosting. Terrible. That's hosting. So yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't even realize it, but I mean, they have to get that RPI down. So it'll go up. It'll go up. I mean, um, yeah, it'll go up. But I think A and M. They've got everything in front of them still. It's not. They're not out of anything yet. For sure. All right. All right. What kind of Discord questions do you have? Did Charlie Condon pass Ethan Petrie in the freshman of the year race after this weekend? Oh, that's a good here, here question. We go. let's, let's start with the number and then go from there. Charlie Condon is hitting 410 with 22 homers, 61 RBI. Ethan Petrie is hitting 395 with 21 homers and 68 RBI. Condon leads in all three of those categories. No, two out of those three. Petrie's got more RBI. Now, Condon's got a 1352 OPS. Petrie's got a 1293 OPS. If you want to get analytically to the Point into the numbers, yes, Charlie Condon passed him this weekend. But I think I think Condon has been a much more quieter season. Petrie was a little more electric on the grand stage of things. I don't know how to because maybe South Carolina was a top five team in the country. So we got that attention because I guarantee you more people know about Ethan Petrie than Charlie Condon. Just because he's playing for South Carolina, and they've had a really good year so far. So, but I think right now, I think Condon is like yeah. Ray, I think Condon's head is out front of Petrie's right now, heading into the finish line. Right now, Petrie's done it in bigger, I think, bigger games like Friday night games against you know Paul Skeens. Um, he also, who was it? Um, was it Sprout that he took deep? I don't know. It was somebody. Oh no no no. Against Tennessee, he took Spro deep. He took Spro deep. Yeah, um, maybe he's Didn't maybe Caglione deep. Uh, I remember he hit a bunch like during that Florida weekend and against LSU. Um, yeah. Maybe, dude. I, I think it's really going to come down to the last six conference games because I know for conference, um, like players of the year and stuff, they really look at conference stats. So maybe pull up those conference stats, see how they're doing each in the SEC. Like that um, would be the tiebreaker for sure. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Conference. 
I've got it right here. Um, oh, damn it. Georgia, oh, wait, 2023 conference. All right, Charlie Condon is hitting 360 in SEC play with 13 homers, 25 RBI, 1284 OPS. Um, Ethan Petrie, I don't know because South, let me see, stats, team stats. Um, they do not have a conference option. They do not have an option, only overall. So really? Yeah, dude. I, I don't know what Petri is hitting in SEC play. Maybe let me see SEC baseball. Um, SEC sports. Um, more. Um, score, schedule, standings, ranking, team. Um, yep, they don't have – yep, I, I can't answer that question right now. But I think Charlie Condon took the lead slightly. All right, last one. This is a good one to end it on before we move on. Favorite movie of all time, any genre? Uh, that's a good question too. You want me to go first? Yeah. The Rock. With Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, and Ed Harris. One of the – a classic, one of the best movies all, of all time. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. A lot of F-bombs drop, but it is a, it is a fantastic movie. Um, and then a close second, The Shawshank Redemption. That's a good one, too. Um, I haven't seen a bunch of movies. I'm, like, not known as a movie guy. Now, I love The Me Town. Neither. I love The Town. I think that's love. a great movie. Um, kind of getting silly here, but, like, Talladega Nights and Zombieland, I watch every time they're on TV. I wouldn't say they're my favorite movie, but... Maybe my favorite, like brain dead movies, where I'm just sitting on the couch, not doing anything. Um, baseball movie, I think uh, Moneyball is there, and then I love the Benchwarmers. I, I'm like the only person to ever say that, but the Benchwarmers is hilarious. It's such a cringe but great movie. Yeah, good acting in there too. <laughs> All right, let me let me take that question one step further. Hey, I found South Carolina's. Um, your- I, found, I found South Carolina's SEC stats. Petri is 395, uh, 13 homers, 41 RBIs, and OPS of well, – I have to do it manually. I don't know. Like, Would you say 395 for Petri? Condon is 360 with 13 homers. How many RBIs for, for Condon? 25. Uh, Petri's got 41. Well, maybe Petri – Petri's definitely having the better SEC season, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, by the way, shout out to another freshman in the SEC, Colby Shelton. Average is down, 289, but he does have 16 homers. So yeah. really good season for him. And, and, and in a lot of years, that might play for SEC freshman of the year. But these No years, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So anyway, back to my uh, back to the movie thing real quick before we move on. Do you – like, what kind of movie is your favorite? Like, for example, me, I love heist movies. I love, like, robbery movies. I love, oh, like, yeah. movies that are planned out and articulate and, like, bank heist and stuff. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Like The Dark Knight. That's a great movie. The Town. When you said The Town, it made me really think of it. Um, and there's another movie, um, Ocean's Eleven, an absolute classic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But baseball movie, I think... Hardball is my favorite. Oh, maybe no, that's my favorite. Maybe trouble movie. with the curve. No, hardball. Hardball wins it for me. I'd go hardball, then moneyball, and then the bench warmers. 
anyway, uh, yep. All right, so let's move on to our weekend recap here. Um, I mean, we kind of touched on a lot of it already. Like, there was there was a ton of top twenty five teams that lost their weekend series, and it, it feels like we're shifting momentum now um, from teams that have been great all year to teams that were bad, and like now it's kind of like coming back to an even even playing field. Because um, let me let me let me add something to that. It's not teams playing good all year. It's teams that were hot, cold, now they're getting hot again. Yes. Um, I'll tell you this. Like, There was a lot of teams that I wanted to say were like most impressive teams of the weekend. Auburn definitely stands out, of course. They knock off number one team in the country. Um, even, dude, I'll tell you this. like Boston College held their own against Wake Forest and looked good. Absolutely. 75% of the series. I think Boston College is a legitimate – college world series team um like they have a good chance there uh and then like alabama showed me a lot now that uh coach bohannon's gone we're not going to spend a ton of time on that but major tip of the cap to alabama the resiliency to show up this weekend and take two out of three against a really good vanderbilt team with all this shit going on um bama money line with a lock no pun intended (laughs) yeah um and you know what? We're, we're getting to the territory now that like Southern Miss has played their way back into a hosting picture. They, they have a huge series sweep against Dallas Baptist early in the year, tied for first in the, in the Sun Belt with like two very winnable series left. Uh, like we're probably going to see postseason baseball in Hattiesburg again, which is good for the state of Mississippi because the two other teams, they, they're not even going to make the conference tournament. Yep. Hey, you got to really respect Southern Mass, man. Year in and year out, they keep doing the damn thing. They don't stop. I mean, it's like East Carolina, but yeah. of, of Mississippi. Like, they just don't stop winning. They just keep doing it. Every time you think they're down, you count them out, they're right there. It's really impressive. Right. Um, Kentucky, they, they went from – Kentucky went from a team that was top in the RPI. Like, I think they were fourth going into the weekend – in the RPI, but people weren't taking them seriously because they're like, oh, they had an easy first half SEC schedule. Uh, lost three straight. Lost three straight. They bounce back, sweep South Carolina at home. I think, <laughs> I think they're number one or number two in the RPI right now. And they're number one, number one this late into the season with two weekends left plus a conference tournament. They're, I mean, if they're national in the top, seed. yeah, they're going to be a national seed unless they slip up. Um, and I don't, I, dude, I should have. I should have remembered his name. I can't remember it, but their center fielder has the biggest biceps I've ever seen on a baseball player. Like since Yoannis Cespedes, he is a, he's jacked. Um, Kentucky 2023 season stats. Let's see what we got here. He's got like a really simple name. Yeah. I, as soon as I see it, Hunter Gilliam, that who it is. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Um, Jackson Gray, um, Hunter Gilliam, Nolan McCarthy. No, dude, why am I doing this? Because no, uh, roster center, uh, outfielder. His name is dude. Hold on, hold on. Why don't I just hold on? Game by game, it's Jackson oh. Gray. Jackson Gray. Okay. Anyway, cool. Giant biceps. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's right there. Beautiful. They're in a beautiful spot. Um, yeah. So. Out west, yeah. um, Stanford swept Arizona State on the road. Like, Stanford's going to host a regional this year. Um, and there was another team that I wanted. Oh, West Virginia takes two out of three against Oklahoma. And although Oklahoma looked pretty good, like West Virginia, this is the best team that we've seen. I think they're better than the 2019 team that hosted a regional with like Alec Manoa. They're, they're fun to watch. Absolutely. Some, I'm going to talk about some teams now that have kind of played their way out of the tournament. Actually, they, they have played their way out of the tournament. Louisville right now, if the season ended today, would not make the ACC tournament. How crazy is that? Yep. That's crazy. I mean, dude, they went from like one of the best teams, the ACC, to, oh, shit, they're, they're not very good. They're going to miss on everything in about three weeks. Yeah, it, it just totally crumbled on them. Same thing with UCLA, who I think has lost nine straight. Is that right? UCLA has um, – they have lost one, two, three, four, five – Five straight and six of their last seven. Um, and then if you want to give, take it even further, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're three. They've lost ten of their last thirteen. And they're not even in a postseason picture now. And they're they're thinking they're not, they're not in anything. Yeah. And it's crazy because those two teams in the beginning of the year. When Louisville swept through the Shriners Classic and when UCLA battled out with Vanderbilt on the road, um, I was like, man, these are two of the best teams in the country, bar none. UCLA's RPI dropped 25 this week from 35 to 60. <laughs> we'll see you. Past week. Dude, that's nuts, man. I know they've hey. battled the injury bug, but so has every other team. That's crazy, man. I mean, here's another, here's another one that people haven't even talked about. Florida State Streak. I think you can all but say it's over. Their 44 straight regional appearances is over. Oh, it's over. They have made a regional every year since 1977 when Jimmy Carter was elected president. Think of it that way. Uh, and they have no shot. Like, they don't even have a fighting I'm chance because they're not making the straight over. They're not making the ACC tournament. It's, it's bad. Six and 18, 10 games under 500, six and 18 in the ACC. Um, they're see, I mean, yeah, they're coming off a sweep against our Mercer Bears, but they are dead meat. That streak is over. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the longest active streak in the country with the second longest until Miami ended in 2017. But I mean, think about that. Every regional since 1977. I mean, that's that's before like some of these college players' parents were born. Right? Yeah. If they have a yeah, yeah. So, because my parents were born in the sixties. Yeah. So this, this new wave of college players and their parents were probably born in the seventies. Um, Crazy. There was another big point. Oh, Arkansas is a team I want to talk about here real quick because have we talked about them or was that the pre-show where we were talking about Brady Tiger coming back and like they they start having the pieces to put together like one of the, I mean, I think roster wise, Arkansas is up there with anybody. Um, maybe a tad below like a Wake Forest and LSU and Florida as far as talent, but not too far off. And like, other than that sweep on the road in Athens um, where they got like 
I feel like six people were injured that weekend. Uh, I mean, they, they look like a, like a really good Arkansas team again. They're going to be a national seed. You can attribute a lot of that to the return of Brady Tiger. Yeah, it's good to see him back on the mound. He's still on a pitch clock, but. Um, it gives you confidence. It gives you a little bit of mold. It gives you a little better structure and shape of your pitching staff. And it, it gives a perfect timing to like hit 100% when regionals come around. Hey, another team, another big name team that could be in major trouble. Texas Tech. They don't win that series this weekend against West Virginia. They are in big trouble, and they're on the road in Morgantown. Um, so I mean, they're nine and nine in Big Twelve play. They lose that series. They're two out of three. They're ten and eleven with Kansas. So ten and eleven, thirteen and eleven heading into the Big Twelve tournament. You got to make some noise. Their RPI that's fifty eight right now. They're not. Yeah. They're not comfortable. They're sweating. I put them in the same category as TCU where, um, you know, you look at their roster on paper, you look at them play at their best and you're like, Holy crap, man, these two teams look like sec teams. Like they look legit, but then they go through these spells at like four or five games at a time where they just can't hit. Um, they can't win games. And, and like TCU saved their season this weekend. They saved it on Monday, um, winning that game against Texas and then they saved it again after losing Friday against Fullerton, coming back and winning the series the next two days. So TCU's yeah. still hanging on by a thread, still plenty of baseball to be played, and like they can earn their way back in the tournament. But to think that like Texas Tech and TCU might miss out on the tournament is nuts to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, so before we move on, I want to I'm gonna name these six schools. They're all in, in position to have a chance to host this year. I'm not saying they're all going to host. I'm just saying they're all, they all are in a great spot. They could host. And, and I'm going to give you a little nugget about each of them. Boston College. The last time they hosted a regional, unofficially, based on my research, was 1961. Back when they were called district. They weren't called regional. They were called district. <laughs> and... Um, and then their last post hold on Boston College, yeah. Their last postseason appearance was uh two, 2016 when they went 25 in, which is in uh, no, 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 that was 2009. Sorry, sorry, yeah, 2009. So 2016 was their last tournament appearance, 2009, they went 25 innings against Texas, which is an NCAA postseason record for longest game. Shout out to Austin Wood. Um, Indiana State. Wait, wait. 2016, Boston College went to the Super Regional against Miami, right? Yep. They went to my Super Regional against Miami, and Coral Gables, Edgar Michelangeli blew that one open with a grand slam, and benches cleared. I remember. It's on that. YouTube. Go, go check it out. Pretty electric in the middle of the rain. Um, yeah, that was the last time Boston College was in the, in the postseason. Indiana State had never hosted. Kentucky. The last time they made a um, the last time they made a regional was um, let me see here. Let me make sure I have this right. They hosted in 2017. I saw. They host, yep, they hosted in 2017. Um, I'll tell you one second. Uh, oh my god! Why do you? Yep. All right. So they they made regional 2017, but. 
Yeah, they hosted in 2017, right? Yeah. And then they lost to Louisville in the Super. Um, but I have two. Oh, the last time. Wait, hold on. What is? I wrote two down, dude. I wrote down 2006. Now I'm so confused of why I wrote it. Hold on a second. Um, dude, what? Let me circle back on Kentucky. Clemson. <laughs> Last time they hosted was 2018. UConn. Here's the cool thing about UConn. They made eight, they've made eight regionals since 2010. So what is that? Eight of 13, eight of 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 2010, UConn hosted a regional, but Florida State was the number one seed at that regional. And we figured it out because Miami and Florida State were already hosting. And for some reason, the NCAA didn't give Florida State a hosting spot. They gave it to um, UConn, but Florida State was the one seed there. And then the last team, it's kind of a Cinderella team. Campbell never hosted before, and they're 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 really close. If they win the Big South tournament and dominate the next two weekends, Campbell might be sitting on those chairs on selection show Monday or Sunday night, maybe getting a hosting spot. Yeah, it's very doubtful, but it's possible. And then Southern Miss, too. I, I want to throw in that list. Why, I, I, why, why are you giving Southern Miss? They host every damn year. Oh, I thought you were talking about mid-majors for a second, hosting. Dude, I, ta- I just named off Boston College, Clemson. Yeah, that's my bad. I, sorry, sorry. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't paying attention. I'm reading yeah, these replies so, so. right now on our tweet. People are giving us so much hate for having Coastal Carolina number one. Like just because they got shut out on Friday doesn't mean they're still not number one. Oh, I want to smack some it? of these guys. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Whatever. Who cares? People are saying like coastal at number one is laughable. And it's like, what the heck? What do you mean? You're laughable. They haven't lost a weekend series all year and they have dominated some good teams. They have the most quadrant one wins, I think, out of any mid major. They have no, they have eight. Um they have eight. East Carolina has four. Southern Miss has seven. Dallas Baptist has two. Um, Troy has four. Indiana, I mean, uh, Northeastern, six. Texas State, six. Fullerton has nine. Uh, Santa Barbara, seven. Uh, Irvine, six. Elon, six. UTSA, two. Yeah, they, they have the second most behind Fullerton. Quad one wins out of, the, out of that ranking. Yeah, dude, I, I'll tell you this. I like this is towards the end of the show note here, but college baseball fans or people that like just start caring about college baseball sometimes make me so mad because on Twitter you can tell somebody that knows the game and knows the sport and um, you know knows where we're coming from with some of our tweets, but then like out of nowhere we'll get three or four replies of people you know, saying that we don't know the sport and that they know it all better or whatever. Like, sure you may, but like, they never bring up good points. Like they're like, they're so quick to hate and they're like, Oh, you guys are idiots. You, you should, you should know this and this. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like it, it happened a <laughs> lot in like sec play. When I was like tweeting about the sec, people were just given, like there were some people that were just absolute haters and it's like, chill out. We're just normal dudes. Hey, hater. Hey, what's that song? Haters gonna hate. It just it is what it is. Who cares? Um, let them hate. They feel better about themselves. But they want to find something off. Good, go for good for them. You know what I do want to do is give a shout out to like we do have a very loyal following, 
And before I can even reply to some of these people, because you know how our notifications are, you know, just like by the dozen, just come in. Um, before I can reply to some of them, like one of our longtime listeners or like longtime fans will come in and be like, no, you're, you're trash. You don't know what you're talking about. Like these guys do a good job. And love it's like, it. you hell love yeah. To see. Love you love to, to see, see the fans backing us up. So I appreciate everybody there that goes to war for us. Dude, we just absolutely powered through a lot of stuff in hour 15. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else like major to talk about. Like other than like, did you want to try to come up with our top 16 seeds right now live on air? I mean, sure, we can do that. I, I mean, Wake Forest on website, so let's do it. Yeah, Wake Forest uh, definitely deserves the one spot right now. Um, yep, Wake Forest one. And I'm like, I'm pretty comfortable giving LSU two. Um, yep, they've been good all year. This is the first weekend loss, so I still trust in those guys. Uh, right, how, about, how about number three, Bandy, Arkansas, South Carolina, Florida? So let's think of it this way. If those four teams played a round robin, who would come out? I think I, I still think Vandy would come out. Maybe I, Florida. I think it would, for me, like as of today's roster, I mean, that's the problem is like South Carolina, when they're healthy, I think is the next best team. But they're if not they're healthy. healthy. We can't do that. We can't do a hypothetical if. Mm-hmm. Um Florida on paper, I think, is the best team, but they've just they haven't looked good, man. Like Hurston Waldrop got smashed by Texas AM. Well, not really, actually. He pitched fine until the end. I I I can't I really cannot handle watching him pitch. He is he it just seems like dude, he just misses middle middle. He pitches, he's like it's it feels like a fastball's coming every time in a fastball count. Like he's got an electric splitter. And he never pitches backwards. He rarely pitches backwards. It's almost yeah. like boom. you know where you're Mason getting from. You know where you're getting that from, right? Mason McCray tweeted that out. Um, you probably saw it like subliminally and didn't think about it, or maybe you didn't see it. I saw it. No, I, I didn't. I didn't see anything from him. Well, then you and Mason are on the same page. Um, if you guys don't know Mason McCray, he's, in my opinion, the best like analytics guy in college baseball. Um, student. I think he's a student manager for uh, William and Mary, but he, he, he's, the, he's the analytics. Um, and, and he tweeted out it, whatever position you call it a William and Mary. Yeah. He, so he tweeted it out that something like 76% of fastball counts. Hurston Waldrop throws a fastball and, and he I only had no idea. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see this. And, and off-speed counts when he's like ahead in the count, um, he throws a fastball like 22% of the time. It's like, so it's like very predictable. So the last couple of weeks, I I mean, for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, most of these games are going on at 3 o'clock in the morning, my time, um, 3, 4 a.m., so I'm sleeping. So I wake up in the morning and I go and watch replays. I just go on ESPN3 or whatever, and I just kind of <coughs> do – I pull up the, the box score of the game, like the live stat, and then I just kind of go through the game real quick and just kind of watch different things that happen, and I – when and what Waldrip this morning, actually, we were on the bus on the road, and it's the second or third time this year I've watched him. I'm just like, dude, why are we throwing this there? Why are we throwing this there? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude, mix it up. You have a splitter. You can go on a 2-0 count, 2-1 count. Get me over splitter. Get me over slider. They're going to take it, or they're going to foul it, or yeah. roll over it. So 
I mean, that home run, I forgot who hit it for A&M, but it was like a 2-1, 3-1 fastball. Guy set up away. He missed it middle end. Dude tanked it. It, was, yeah. it wasn't yeah. even close. And it was just like, bro, go 3-1. I mean, I'm not a big fan of walk, but the numbers say you're better off walking that guy and, and just going getting ahead on the next guy. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but that's why a lot of pro guys are high on Waldrip. Um because they know like you, you put them in a farm system like the Guardians or the Astros or the Brewers, like teams that the have Braves. the Braves. Like, on the Braves. Yeah, I was getting there. Uh, but you get you put them in a farm system where they can actually develop and like use his best pitches and his and the best counts. Yeah, like he's gonna be a superstar, I think, in the major leagues because he's still dude, raw. He's got, he's got plus stuff. I mean, dude, he's got really good stuff. Yeah, and hey. I, I don't I it's, it's, I mean since because I'm still playing it's hard for me to give so much credit but you know what dude ego aside some of these college guys are unbelievable they're yeah. unbelievable for how advanced they are at that age I mean I'm telling you ten years ago when I was twenty years old you were a you were a surefire top five pick if you were ninety five plus with two pitches you yeah. were two pitches with a third pit that was average below average. You were a top five pick if you were 95 plus in the SEC. Um, you're a surefire first rounder if you had two plus pitches and a third one on its way. So, Waldrip should not be getting hit like this. And I don't think he will be for much longer in his career. I think his numbers will change and he's getting used to getting hit. So, when he starts tasting consistent success, the guy can explode. So, we'll, yeah. I'm excited to see him in the next level. <laughs> I guess going back to what we were originally talking about, though. Um, I would, I would say number three right now would be, I, I would put South Carolina last out of those four. Let's then, go Vandy, Florida, Arkansas, South Carolina. See, I'm thinking Arkansas might be ahead of Florida right now. I just said Vandy, Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina. Oh, I thought you said the other way around. Yeah. I would go Vanderbilt three, Arkansas four, Florida five. South Carolina. What about, Duke, what about Duke in front of? Oh, I would put okay. I would put Duke in front of South Carolina. You're right. Today with the injury, right? Um, cool. I'd, I'd probably go Stanford eight. Hold on, hold on. Vandy three, Arkansas four, Florida five, um, Florida five, Duke, Duke six. six, South Carolina seven. Stanford eight, I, I would think. Stanford eight, I'm good with that. Off of the top of my head, I'm good with that. No objection, Your Honor. Um, what about West Virginia nine? Coastal in front of West Virginia. Okay. So, Coastal nine, West Virginia 10, Kentucky 11. Dude. Dude, wow, we are dis- we are disrespecting Kentucky. I mean, they did the quad one. Yeah, but they did lose three straight SEC series. And this what South Carolina? I mean, uh, yeah, what South Carolina? An injured South Carolina team, though. What if we put Kentucky seven, Stanford eight, South Carolina nine? Okay, I'm down with that. Kentucky seven. Stanford eight, South Carolina nine, 
Coastal 10, West Virginia 11. All right. 12. Miami? Um, yep, yep. Um, let's see. Clemson. Dude, I don't know. Clemson's resume is technically much better. Not much, but better than Miami. They, they're 14 and 10 quad one. Miami's 8 and 11 quad one. Yeah, okay. Let's go Clemson 12 then. No, dude. Oh, fuck. Dude, man. I, I, think, I mean, Clemson I think, deserves it, though. We can't argue with that. I know, but I feel like if Miami Clemson played, I think Miami wins that series. I think I don't think so. Well, and hey, we have another ACC team to consider, Boston College. Wow. All right, how would you rank Clemson, Miami, Boston College? Clemson, Miami, Boston College. Um, I would say. I mean, shit, Virginia too. But I mean, Virginia's reeling, so the recency bias hurts. But overall, yeah, they love Miami. I mean, yeah, and they had an off weekend this weekend. So I mean, they lost to Duke, lost to no, yeah, they lost three straight series. You can't put them in right now. You can't put them in front of them right now. What if we went? What if we went Miami? I mean, all three of those teams, and maybe all four of them, deserve to host. And we only have four spots left. Who Let's else? Go does, Miami. Let's go Miami. Else, so, other than Clemson, Miami, Boston College, Virginia, who else deserves to host? I mean, isn't it? it, it it's a toss up between Campbell, Oklahoma State, and East Carolina Southern Myth. And Oklahoma State's got the best resume of all the. But you know what's weird? Oklahoma State's nine. They have them. He have, they have the most quad one wins of all those teams. But they're three and five against quad two teams. Which is really interesting. Yeah, but I would, I would, I think Oklahoma State's the hosting team right now. I do too. I mean, then you got to think about Connecticut, UConn. So I would go Miami twelve, Clemson thirteen, Oklahoma State fourteen, UConn fifteen, Southern Miss sixteen, and then Florida. I know you got to go Boston College in there too. Yeah, I would put Boston College ahead of UConn. All right, so let's go Miami 12. I don't think UConn's going to get a hosting spot, dude. All right, Miami 12, Clemson 13. No, dude, this is impossible right now. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? I don't know. This is impossible. Dude, you you put our asses on the spot. Now they're listening to they're listening to us. But that's good. I think they want to hear this. They want to hear this stuff. We are so indecisive. I mean, Miami twelve, Clemson is the overreaction at thirteen, but they des- they deserve to be there. I mean, they're fourteen and ten in the ACC. Thirteen are. I mean, they deserve. All right, okay, here we go. UConn, Boston. Okay, how about we go? We go. Fourteen would be. Boston College. You want to go three straight ACC teams there? That's fine. I mean, yeah, Boston there's College nobody 14. else. Yep. Boston College, 14. 15 and 16. You go ahead and pick them. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. All right. Here we go. Final spot. UConn, Southern Miss, East Carolina, Campbell. Pick a team. Am I projecting or is it as of today? Today. I would put 16 as – I would go Campbell over East Carolina. 
Oh, yeah, East Carolina is the last spot. I might go Virginia at 16. Virginia? Yeah, man, they did it for so long. I know they're scuffling right now, but like they're perfect. They're... Done. There it is. Cool. That'll be I'll put that up on the website. That's our top 16 right now. Hey, argue with us, but dude, we just did that in 10 minutes. Would we make changes if we sat there and really analyzed it? Probably. Yeah. I think if I had to project though, there would be let's see, right now we have one, two. Three, four, five. We have five ACC teams. No, six because of Virginia. And then we have one, two, three, four, five. Five SEC teams. So that's 11. Six, six SEC teams. One, two, three, four, five. Who's the sixth? Oh, South Carolina. I didn't see them. Um, so six ACC, six SEC. That's 12. And then we have one Pac-12, one Big 12. One two Big 12. Or two Big 12 and one Sun Belt. I think that sounds about right, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I could see one of these SEC or ACC. No, probably ACC teams dropping out. Exactly, exactly, which is usually about right. SEC leads it, ACC second, mid-major will get in there, two Big 12. I like that breakdown. That sounds yeah. pretty realistic. That's pretty reasonable, yeah. But, I mean, hey, we still got two weeks left of the season plus conference tournaments. There's going to be so much that changes. Nobody in their wildest minds would have said that West Virginia, Clemson, Boston College, uh, Kentucky, like a few weeks ago, nobody would have said those teams would be hosting. And they've played Absolutely. their way in. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's do a little sneak peek of the midweek on Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, before we get into that, hey, stay tuned. We got a lot of fun stuff coming on the website. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff for you guys to check out. Um, so stay tuned for all that. Um, all, a lot of stuff going on behind the scene. Um, but midweek, first thing I just noticed, Vanderbilt, Louisville. I mean, Louisville's reeling. They're not even relevant right now. They have to win that game. Wilmington at Campbell. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, dude, honestly, I think this is the true finals week. This is the real finals week, dude. I know last week was finals week for a lot. On Wednesday, we get Clemson at Coastal, which is huge. Yep. Hey, Ball State, Indiana State is actually a really good one Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is I think this is a big finals week. Like probably the other 50%. Oh, Northeastern at Maryland, Tuesday night. Mm. Yeah. That's a big one. Um so a couple good games. Hey, you guys can actually focus on one, two, or three games on Tuesday night instead of scrambling and feeling like FOMO and missing out on another game. So I like it when it's a light slate so you can focus on a couple really good games and just sit down and actually watch them. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up with there. Um, good hour and a half show. We'll be back uh, Thursday morning to recap the midweek, preview the weekend, and uh, we're almost home. We're on the home stretch here. Only a couple yes, weeks left. Sir. Best time of the year is on its way. All right. See you guys. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball.
hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone. The legend continues. Got him swinging. The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Melendez doesn't get cheated. 